baby, you know what that sound means. It's time for The Edge with Terry Waldrop. Terry talks about all the hottest topics in sports every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. He's controversial, he's charismatic, and he's the captain of this ship for the next hour. Here's your host, Terry Waldrop. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Walter, Jamie Foxx, the Friday edition, the 10th day of August 2018. Welcome to The Edge. Our show is sponsored by the title sponsor of said show. My great friend, he's a myth, he's a legend, he's everything you want him to be if you care about your pet. Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital, this guy used to take care of Mike the Tiger in Baton Rouge. So if it's good enough for Mike the Tiger, it's good enough for me. You'll see him on US 165. North. In Monroe, 318-345-4545. Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital. You're welcome to chime in. Text us with your uh, pithy comments. Smart aleck as they may be, the more smarmy the better. Uh, especially if they're directed at my co-host, Jimmy Fox. So, 888-993-7762, 888 which is the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union text line. I got John Tabor, the veteran John Tabor, the v- veteran board operator John Tabor, and veteran-like of the military John Tabor, running the board. Always happy to have Tabes uh, running stuff for us. And Jamie Fox. Top of the morning to you, Mr. Fox. Coach Waltrip, it's always good to hear your voice. And uh, my family had a little different uh, little different uh, encounter with Mike the Tiger. Uh, my mother, uh, who recently passed away at the age of 91, July 4th, uh, God rest her soul. She she was a she was a tiger in her own right. Uh, those of you who who knew her uh, will will vouch for that. She was a tiger in her own right, and um, my mom was a cheerleader one year with Tommy Casanova's daddy and and all that kind of stuff. And I'm real, I I think I can all share this now, and she probably wouldn't be too happy with me sharing this story, but it's it's nevertheless historical fact. Uh, the cheerleaders at LSU would climb the state the uh, the tiger cage, okay, and it would go around Tiger Stadium, and they'd all throw you know how they throw footballs and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, even that was that was the way it was even back in back in the fifties when Y.A. Tittle was doing his thing, and at, at LSU, and Mom was going up the cage. This was one occasion, and Mike the Tiger, for reasons to this day we don't really know. Uh, <clears throat> hiked his leg, and according to my mother, this is eight syllables, urinated all over her. And she had to leave Tiger Stadium in a rush and go change. So Mike the Tiger didn't think very much of my mom being a cheerleader uh, for the Bengal Tigers. And it was uh, it was not, not the uh, Foxes at that point. She was uh, still a Langford. It wasn't my mother's one shining moment. Nevertheless, like the true... Grit that she had. She changed clothes quickly, did a quick change artist, and was back on the field in a mere 30 minutes. So, uh, again, I've got uh, Dr. Weber. Uh, apparently didn't teach. He's a great vet, but he didn't teach Mike Manners that day. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, we still love Mike the Tiger, and his new digs prove it. Proves, proves that they do love him, right? 
It, absolutely. He, he lives better than most of us, which begs the <laughs> proverbial question, where does a tiger go to the bathroom? And the answer to that question? On a fox. Anywhere he wants. <laughs> anywhere yes. he wants to go. Yeah. Yes, he does. Uh, in this case, he did. He didn't know. I mean, you know, hey, it's you know, he was not happy about being in the cage, and uh, he, my mother just happened to catch his displeasure at the uh, most inopportune time. But uh, it was not a safe lover. space. Is what you're saying? It was not. No, those weren't invented back then. No, they did not. You know, there I think was no such a space. Uh, you know, I think there's an attorney or two that would take that. I don't think Bobby Manning would probably take that, but I know there's some ones out there. Uh, you know, uh, she was scarred from that. She probably passed that scarring on to you. And I yes. think there's a payday in your future for uh, the tiger um, bullying your mother. Yes. Yeah, well, I think it would um, – I mean, it was – back then, I guess it was um, – you know, PETA wasn't around and all these sort of things, uh, wonderful uh, groups. Then, uh, But I just thought, hey, it's it's Friday, it's football time, uh, let's get off the – that's the – I know my mom probably wouldn't appreciate that being the foot, first uh, football story uh, to kick off the 2018 campaign, but nevertheless it's true. And uh, she um, – we, we in a way – that's probably what a lot of fans thinking about uh, reading about the Tigers and players getting suspended and everything – that's pretty much like what the opponents are going to do to the uh, to the Bengal Tigers this year. It appears, uh, unless things turn around quickly here, uh, I'm not. Didn't I'm you not and I have a wager about eight? Didn't you tell me nine games? Did we have that wager that they would win or Did lose? You told me they're going to win nine. Yeah, it was over under. I took the under, and you took nine and the over. No, they're not going to win I, nine. Don't I? No, I think eight was what? my eight was my ceiling. Eight was my ceiling. That's why, I believe. Okay, I, I'll go with eight still. I think that's why I took the bet. Uh, couple things to get into. Uh, again, we make fun of media. We point media out. Uh, salacious headlines sell. So uh, in my own um, claim state of Texas, in Fort Worth, no doubt, the Star-Telegram, known affectionately to Fort Worth people, is the Startlegram. They have a headline, Jamie Foxx, a week ago. And I'm going to read this headline to you, and I want you to tell me what it means, okay? What 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 are the emotions that it conjures up in your mind? This fan is likely to get deported for going to a baseball game. How did that happen? What are the initial thoughts that go through your mind when you see this huge headline? Fan goes to a baseball game and is likely to get deported. Hmm. Fan goes to a baseball game and likely to get deported. Uh, there's what? Well, there's a lot of palace intrigue here. Do do tell us what's going on here. Well, I mean, when I initially read the salacious headline, I'm thinking, okay, did they like check his ID? Did, I mean, you yeah, know, why would he wrong yeah. here? Yeah, why, why would you know? Or, or the or the people at uh, at baseball games now, the security officers, the ticket takers, are they actually running? Uh, are they ICE? Are they secret ICE agents that, well, that one would think try that, to yeah. deport people? Yeah, you you would think that from the headline. Uh, and then the first line of the article, I love this. Uh, you know, I'll go back to Bobby Knight, and, and we have some very talented writers that have been in our area. Uh, you know, Jake certainly does a great job, Adam Hunsecker, mm-hmm. others. But then you have some just some, some knuckleheads, tried to edit myself. Uh, and I'll go back to the Bobby Knight quote back in the 80s. You know, most of the time, uh, all of us learn to write by second grade. Then most of us go on to do other things. 
as he <laughs> shot at the sports writers. Uh, here's the first line of the article. We've all made stupid bets. Uh, let me translate that into 2018. What had happened was... Yes, yes, and yes. so uh, we have a, a young man uh, that was at the Seattle Mariners-Toronto Blue Jays game in Seattle. And one of his friends made an $80 bet with him that he would not run onto the field. And no, it's just not, you know, and, and typically they don't let fans run around on the field with security concerns and everything. Uh, there was a caveat on it, Jamie. Uh, he had to run around the field a la natural. He had to take all ah. his clothes off and run around on the field. Uh, okay. I've seen the video. It's not. It's not. It's not good. It's. It's not pretty at all. No, he, he um, shouldn't be doing that. No. A, yeah, he should. He should have. I, I'm guessing there was alcohol involved in this. Just saying. Uh, at any rate, he was eventually tracked down by security guards and arrested. Mm-hmm. As you take your clothes off and run out onto the field, you probably should. However. The man is an Irish citizen, mm. and he lives in Vancouver, Canada, mm-hmm. which means the Canadians can deport him for breaking the law. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. And so the streaker was incarcerated. He could now be deported. All mm. because his buddies bet him on $80. Dude took a dumb bet, took his clothes off, broke the law, ran out on the field, and now people are worried. You know, if this guy makes this bad of decisions, do you really want your country to begin with? Is there is there a value he's bringing I'm not aware of? Yes, but he's not in Ireland the, anymore. No. Yeah, if you look at the headline, maybe that's normal in Ireland. You take your clothes off and you run out on the soccer pitch. It uh, is. And if so, uh, you know, hey, <laughs> good for you. Go leprechauns. But in the real world where most of us live, and then my friend Peter Dawson, who is not my friend, by the way, who is the writer, puts the salacious headline up there, and it worked because I clicked it. I'm like, dude went to a baseball game. How are they going to deport him for going to a baseball? Oh, he took all of his clothes off and broke the law. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yet uh, the, the salacious headlines and design, for, it amazes me some of these headlines that people come out with, Jamie Foxx. It, it just, it absolutely Defies description. A couple it, it times does. on that already. Yes, it does. And he's you know, a victim. The Dude, wait, wait, wait. He, Listen to me. Yeah. Dude yeah. that took all of his clothes off. I can't say that there was alcohol involved. It wasn't reported. I can't see it not having some kind of mind-altering substance. Or maybe this dude likes to run around naked. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it speaks to the decision-making process here. I know he didn't rob a bank. But, you know, when you're a... Yeah, and I'm assuming he has a guest visa into Canada. But when you're a guest somewhere, aren't you on your best behavior hoping to potentially become a citizen? And I'm thinking, you know, violating the law in this manner is not exactly uh, probably going to help. Am I, am, I, am I missing this one? Or is it, you know, they should, tell, they should give him box seats and an apology and uh, tell him he can come to the game without his clothes on? I mean, I don't know. Well, okay, this 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 was in Toronto, right? It's Toronto and Seattle. Yeah, no, so yeah, it's at Seattle. And so it's at it was, Seattle. Violated the law in America. Yeah, the Canadians could kick him out. Okay, well, in Seattle, a sanctuary city. Isn't Seattle's a sanctuary? How can they? This is this is blasphemy. I, I didn't think they could do this in in Seattle. This sort of thing, unless of course you're Irish. 
and that may have something to do with it. Uh, you know, our Canadian friends are being are known for their um, a lot of my a lot of my more progressive friends think that Canada is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But where are they coming to his his this defense here? Uh, was it Conor McGregor? I mean, I don't know uh, who was he was parading around. And, and this begs the question, had he not taken his clothes off and simply run around the field with his clothes on, would there be uh, any, you know, uh, would they kind of, okay, we're going to let it go this time, but has he paid his taxes? Is he, is he just on a visa? I mean, I, I don't know what you if you're Irish and you're in Seattle, do you have to have a green card? I mean, what's what's going on here? Can you, can you fill me in on a little bit about uh, where he stands right now in the, uh, in the eyes of the authorities? Uh, the Canadians are debating whether or not to deport him or not. Crazy stuff. They give me another one uh, that came up okay. yesterday, and, and I do want to talk about this one. Uh, a Wake Forest assistant coach was charged with uh, with a degree of uh, murder in New York City. Jamil Jones, who played uh, collegiately at Arkansas Tech, uh, was charged uh, with assault pending uh, manslaughter charges and worked for Danny Manning at the University of Wake Forest, assistant coach. I'm going to tell you what happened after the break, and I'm going to put you in this situation. Uh, is he directly responsible for the guy's death? Yes. But the question becomes, how much culpability does the individual had that died, and it's not what you think it is? You listen to Sports Talk 97.7, Terry Walter, Jamie Fox, Mac Umamento, The Edge. This segment sponsored by our friends at Jimmy Cooley, Ed Pitts and Company, reminding you to support an incredibly worthwhile cause, which is the Louisiana Special Olympics. Back with this story. You don't want to miss it in a minute. Welcome back in. Sports Talk 97.7, Terry Walter, Jamie Fox, rolling here on a Friday, 10th day of August. 2018, thank you for spending part of your morning with us. Uh, before the break, I want to tell you about uh, uh, there's a new legal thing that came out uh, yesterday, and it was Wake Forest assistant coach uh, working for Danny Manning uh, named Jamil Jones. So he's in New York, and there's two different reports on this, and as, as always, there's always two different reports. Uh, so he's in his car, minding his own business, and the first report is there's a drunk guy that's banging on everybody's car, hitting the hood, smashing, hitting windows, just kind of going crazy. Well, the assistant coach gets out of his car, Jones, and there's a little bit of a confrontation. He punches dude in the face. The guy falls, hits his head on the pavement, and taken to the hospital, he dies. Never regains consciousness. They took him off life support uh, earlier in the week. Jones was charged with uh, first of assault, and now they're waiting on the autopsy reports uh, to come back, and they're probably going to upgrade the charges on it. So my question to you is this, Jamie Foxx, and we've all seen this. We all have people. We've either done this or been involved with people that have. Uh, you have a guy that is intoxicated out of his mind. They're banging on people's cars. He bangs on your car. You're going to have to confront him because you don't want people banging on your car. There's a verbal uh, a situation that occurs, and you end up punching. And, again, prison is full of people that got mad one time, right? The guy falls on his head, 
hits his head on the pavement and ends up dying. Now, the other side of the story is that the drunk guy thought that it was his Uber driver. And so he's smashing all the, you know, because that's the way we, I got Ubers in Florida last week. That's all we, the way we all check our Uber drivers, go smash the heck out of the window to make sure that's your driver. Yeah, that'll go well. Uh, I had Rambo that took me to the airport. You, I promise you, you're going to do a lot of things. You're not going to smash that dude's window. He was armed more than any human being there is. Uh, you are, what do you do if you're the DA here? And the guy said, look, it was a, it was a, it was a mistake. I mean, I didn't mean to kill him, and he turned himself in. Now, let's put further, let's put, you know, I'm all about truth here. It was an African-American basketball coach. It was a uh, it was a white guy named Dominic uh, Sabo, thirty three, and uh, the brother of Dominic said that he tried to avoid the punch by backing away, but unfortunately he was not able to do that, and it was an impact with a pavement uh, that caused the the injury, and he was dead. So, at any rate, what do you do here? I mean, what, what's, what is the, what's the recourse here? Somebody's dead, but if the guy comes back, if the toxicology comes back, Jamie, and the guy was blasted out of his mind, doesn't he have some kind of culpability in this? Oh, absolutely. And I think whether it be uh, liquid or uh, some kind of uh, enhanced medicinal help, uh i.e. crystal meth or whatever, um, yeah, there's culpability to me. I, I think the assistant coach at Wake Forest was simply protecting his property, and the guy had already damaged other property prior to that. The Uber thing is just, that's that's got to be a, a, a lawyer's tip on that one. Hey, he thought it was an Uber driver. Uh, malarkey. I mean, think about this. The, perp, the, the guy that died, unfortunately, had he not initiated all these, you know, d- damaging property, knocking out windows. The coach at Wake Forest would have never gotten out of his car, and he would have never hit him. Real simple. So, I mean, it's unfortunate the guy hit his head, but it's not the Wake, the Wake Forest coach was merely defending his property and probably kept the guy from hurting somebody else worse. All right, I'm, uh, I'm going to take exception. I'm going to take exception to that. Let me tell you why. And I haven't seen the video of it. They haven't posted that yet. I'm waiting to see that. You know, and, and my buddy just posted me something here. He goes, you know, is it legal to shoot a guy from uh, from your car who attacks you and you feel threatened? Uh, again, New York is, is draconian in their gun laws. But when you get out and you go after somebody, in other words, you know, you, he's in your car. Hey, don't hit my car anymore. I, I get that. But when you pursue him, I don't think you're, you're 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 threatened for your life anymore at that point when you're actually doing your pursuing. It's not a stand your ground deal either, in my opinion. And so, how far did he pursue sure. him? Well, no, he went after him. He got out of the car and punched him. Uh, and again, it just depends on who you talk to. The brother goes, "No, he thought it was his Uber car." Other people said, "No, the dude was drunk, banging on cars." You know, there's footage of everything these days. And so I'm waiting to see, you know, how that works out because you know it's going to be um, – there's going to be footage on there, Jamie, and I'm just curious to see because somewhere in the middle lies the truth. But, you know, a guy's dead. 
a guy that hit him, uh, and irrespective of the punch, caused his death directly, indirectly. And so, what's the proper punishment if there is one? Should they? Should the guy, uh, you know, be let off? Should did the other guy was culpable in his death? And again, that's the big question here, man. Is if you get out of your car, you know, it's one thing to if somebody breaks in your house and you choose to use deadly force because you feel your life is threatened. That's one thing. But if the guy leaves your house and is running away from you down the street and you chase him down and shoot him, that's a whole different issue because you're not fearful for your life at that point. You're chasing the guy down. and I'm not saying he does or doesn't get deserve to be shot because, I mean, ultimately, if you hadn't been breaking into somebody's house, that wouldn't have happened. Or, you know, if you had not been banging on cars, and, and, you know, maybe he was looking for a super driver. You're going to have cameras that follow that out, but... Again, it's going to be sensationalized by the media. Uh, very unfortunate situation all the way around. Certainly, you know, the guy didn't mean to uh, to kill him. So is this, uh, and I had an attorney just text me, his textbook, Lance, uh, uh, Manslaughter. Thanks for sending that in. And so we shall see. But uh, interesting things going on in the world of sport. In addition to Jamie Foxx, how about this? How about the new NCAA rules yesterday? You see the new NCAA cosmetic rules on uh, on recruiting for basketball. Well, I knew that um, I, I knew about the one that uh, that's going to have to be addressed, where they want to give the kids that uh, declare and don't get drafted have a chance to come back. Is that what the one you're referring to, or is this? Oh, uh, they got a they uh, got a bunch of them, but yeah, that's that's a big one. And Calipari had a point, although Calipari and Roy Williams and Shashevsky, uh Bill Self. Uh, Syracuse maybe a couple years ago, North Carolina. Uh, those are the ones that deal with this. What if a kid declares for the draft, doesn't get drafted, wants to come back to school, and they've already filled a scholarship? Well, what happens to that I kid? I think, you gotta, I think you're going to have to see, and this is where I think it will clash with Title IX, I think you're going to have to have scholarships increase from 13 to, say, maybe 15 or 16. Impossible. Uh, I know, impossible. But but impossible. but it's but it's what what how how else are you going to free that scholarship up? I mean, um, it, it is an issue. But Terry, we we don't hear enough about the kids that don't make it. All we hear about are the ones that do make it. And basketball, in particular, with the international component, where just just don't take my word for it. Just Google any NBA franchise right now and see the number of international players that make up the roster. And you can talk to a kid till he's blue in the face. But if he's been told his whole life he's good enough, he's a sophomore. And now, to just be honest, Calipari and crew are recruiting to that, one and done. Even Krzyzewski's waved the white flag and done it. It's not good. I mean, it. it to me, I don't care if it was – LeBron James that signed, I mean, three years in college at a minimum, just like baseball, or go straight out of the go straight out of high school. Because there's not the NBA is not littered with LeBron James's. The NBA, you know, has kids that, you know, grew up in Lithuania and other places. Not I'm not I'm not knocking that. I I know these franchises are paid to win and that's their deal. But that's what these that's what these college kids aren't taking into account. And I I understand the thirst for money, 
this goes. There's a lot of ramifications here, Terry. Whether okay, well, you got to find some way to pay these kids, or at least keep them in school, or incentivize where they will at least stay three years. Because right now, they're bolting after their freshman year every chance they get. And how would you like yeah, to be? You know, you have to try to recruit to that. It's it's yes. it's a tough gig. Uh, it's, it's tough in some instances, but the majority of schools are not doing that, Jamie, because they can't. Majority of schools, you take a Wisconsin or a Minnesota or, I don't know, uh, the, the, the upper-level Power 5 teams, uh, take away UCLA with Ball Kid, but majority of them aren't doing this. There's only a select few schools that are able to get those type of kids. Um, uh, understand this. This is how basketball is different. Basketball has 64 draft picks in the world every year. They have two rounds. Baseball has 977 rounds. Uh, football has a bunch of rounds. And they have free agents. There's very few people that are in college that are signing free agent NBA contracts. It doesn't happen. So there's 64 picks in the world each year for, for the NBA. Of those 64 picks, probably 25 to 40% are going to be international. So now that 64 picks... You're going to have, let's just say, maybe 40 picks are going to be from the colleges of the United States. Uh, the first-rounders are probably going to make a team. The second, end of the first round, probably past 20 on, 20 to 64. Uh, it, is a, it is a long shot. It's a crapshoot in many cases, whether or not they make an NBA team. So you're not talking about many people here. Uh, and everybody wants to paint the NCAA as the bad guy, and yeah, they do a lot of stupid stuff. I get that. But the NBA Players Association, the NBA, has to, to verify these rules. But the undrafted players can return to school. I had a kid, Jamie, uh, that declared for the NBA draft. This was back in 2006. Uh, he had no chance of being drafted in the NBA at all, yet he declared at the advice of, of some people there. Uh, I'll tell you that story you come back. And I'll tell you how this is going to affect college basketball. To me, this is a lot of window dressing that uh, the shoe companies are still going to run it. Uh, don't kid yourself. They're just going to cut out the, the periphery shoe people. But uh, not, not this is not a fix, in my opinion, for college basketball. It is a feel-good deal that uh, people aren't going to feel real good over. At any rate, you know, it's a Sports Talk 97. Cemetery Walter, Jamie Fox. The Edge, is segment brought to you by our friend, Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney law. Tremendous North Louisiana attorney, specializes in criminal defense, law and death, personal injury, whatever you need. Bobby's the man for you. Give him a call today, 318-324-1411. Bobby Manning, attorney at law, back on the Mitchell, the Edge. And welcome back in Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Walter, Jamie Fox, segment brought to you by my friend, Mr. Billy Justice and Vantage. All right, Jamie, so we're hitting the, the rule changes for the NCAA. Uh, a lot of things in the summer going on. They're going to have the the elite camps at the NCAA and USA Basketball and the NBA are going to kind of co-sponsor. And you know when you have a lot of uh, a lot of chiefs and not enough uh, not enough Indians, no pun intended, out there not trying to offend anyone. It's just a saying. Um, it's problematic. And so, for example, this year, are the players bouncing back? They declare for the draft, NBA draft. They don't get drafted. Now they can go back to school. Let me give the stats from this year. 181 players 
declared for the NBA draft. Jamie, that's like 1.2 per team. That means that everybody that you could think of that plays NCAA Division One basketball, and, and folks, to be honest with you, that's Division Threes, that's NAIs, that's Division Twos, that's JUCOs. That counts all of them. And there's a bunch of people. There are kids that are like the 14th player on a bad JUCO team that are declaring for the NBA draft because all you got to do is go fill the paperwork out online. So it's not like it's difficult to do. 181 players declared for the draft. Out of that 181, 100 of them withdrew before the deadline. 41 were drafted. That left 40 players who were out in the cold. That means they weren't drafted, and they were not having any NCAA eligibility remaining. Uh, you got LeVar Ball's JBA League, which is an abject disaster. Again, I'm putting the Sports Rec All-Stars up against any JBA league out there. I follow on Twitter one of the JBA guys that is like their mouthpiece and reporter and cheerleader. Absolutely comical. Uh, this kid reminds me of Baghdad Bow back in the, uh, the early Iraq war days, uh, Operation Desert Storm, where literally he would be the spokesperson for Saddam Hussein going, there are no Americans anywhere near, and we repel him out of the city, and you see like the Special Forces guys running behind him. Uh, right. Yeah, this guy is, is Brandon something. He's very entertaining. Uh, at any rate, so now you can return to school. Fair enough. I like that that rule. I like the rule. Although that opens up some other issues that we will get into maybe a little bit later on. Uh, the second one is that it will signal high school basketball rule changes. If a high school player is dubbed elite, Oh, by the way, USA Basketball is going to decide, according to the NCAA, whether or not a player is, quote, elite. And this was news to to USA Basketball. They're like, really? Okay, cool. We didn't know that. We'll have to take that up. Uh, They can hire agents to negotiate with pro teams. Uh, And, again, this is decided by USA Today Basketball. So what can the agents do? If you have a really good player, and he's dubbed elite by the NCAA's uh, USA Today basketball standards, which we don't know what that they are yet. Although a curious uh, byproduct, there's a lot of coaches that do not like Mike Krzyzewski simply because he is the USA basketball guy. Huge recruiting advantage. Uh, do you think he'll have some input over who could be elite, who could not be elite since he's with USA basketball? Yeah, probably not. Uh, what can the agents do, though? I digress. The agents can play for the players' meals, lodging, travel during negotiation period. Agents have to be certified by the NCAA. The players have to terminate the relationship if they decide to enroll in school. So if you're elite, basically you can travel around the country, uh, pretty good living standard while they negotiate, and then you decide, you know what, I'm probably not going to get drafted, and so I'm going to go to Kentucky, UConn, uh, wherever it is you're going to go. And they can pick up the relationship again at the end of the season. But the NCAA is giving USA Basketball the free reign on that one, uh, which is very interesting since USA Basketball is like, uh, we, we didn't know this was coming out. USA Basketball is sort of blindsided by the whole thing. Um, interesting. And then the stuff in the summer. Jamie, this is going to create a lot of confusion by a lot of people. Uh, 
who decides who's elite, who's not? We have a committee that votes on that. Uh, you know, how does all this work? That's the that's the curious thing that I'm anxious to see. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I really, and Terry, you're also seeing a new phenomenon: kids reclassifying. Uh, now, you know, they're saying, well, they want to, depending on, I guess, whether they may, their chances of playing time or whatever uh, at the school of their choice, they're saying, well, I'm, I'm actually going to reclassify and hold off a year or I'm going to up my eligibility up a year. It's crazy. But to your point, there's a exactly, if an agent's involved with a kid from the beginning, you're right, they're going to be paying for lodging and, and things, which is strictly against NCA rules. But and then what does that? How does that obligate the kid to the agent? Does he have to to give that money back? Uh, chances are they can't. I don't, uh, I don't think you so. Know, yeah, I don't think that's possible. Um, there's so many. I, I like the idea in its conception. I love because I think it. There's so many. And you know, Terry, you know better than they've tried. The NCA has tried to make this. Okay, first of all, you can you can declare, but if you sign with an agent, you lose your eligibility. Well, now Correct. this is saying this is saying even if you sign with an agent, I assume, and you don't still don't get drafted, you don't lose your eligibility. You can go back to school. You don't have to repay the money the agent paid on your behalf, uh, and then you can pick back, as you said, pick up back the relationship after it's over. Uh, and as you said, guys recruit. Uh, that scholarship is taken. There's only 13 in men's basketball, 15 for women, which really to this day, but again, there's that wonderful Title IX. Um, uh, it's a lot. I mean, how, how does how does a coach know how to recruit to something like this? Let's say, I mean, Calipari, it's hard to feel sorry for because I read the other. I mean, every time I go, uh, you look at Bleacher Report, he's, he's got another five-star in the fold. I mean, he just – I don't think it really bothers him that much. But let's be honest, I don't think there's a big emphasis on education at Kentucky. I just don't. I mean, it's just because you know. And what if you're I would disagree with that. All you got to do is get them. All you got to do, Terry, is keep them eligible for a year. And and then they're they're done. And you're bringing another five-star. Jamie, you don't have to keep them eligible for a year. Okay. If you remember Ben Simmons. No, no, not even a semester. As long as they're enrolled full-time. And you put them in twenty-five hours, so if they get dropped, you're good. As long as they have twelve hours, they don't have to pass anything. Uh, now they won't be eligible the second year, but who cares? NCAA, once you're eligible, you're good for that year. NAI is some JUCO. That's the semester by semester basis. Uh, NCAA, you're good for the year. So when those kids come in, they're eligible for the year. Uh, and I would disagree with the with the, the stance of education. John, you know, comparing all these schools in America to Kentucky or Duke or North Carolina, and I'll even throw Kansas in there, is like comparing all companies in Louisiana to CenturyLink. To CenturyLink, it's just not—it's not a fair comparison because CenturyLink's the only one in Louisiana like this. Only Fortune 500 in Louisiana, and cause there are a lot more people like Louisiana Monroe and Grambling and Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss than there are Kentucky. Uh, so again, that is a, that is a, the rules are not going to affect that many. The question becomes who decides who's elite, and who's not USA basketball. You're opening yourself up for a lawsuit. I can see it happening now. Well, my son should have been elite. He wasn't elite. You impinged upon his ability to be classified as elite. Therefore I'm suing you, uh, for 
you know, emotional distress, or I mean, you make it a loss of future earnings, whatever you come up with, there there'll be a million attorneys that will take that one. And so the NCAA is like, well, uh, we're not going to do it, but our friends here, USA Basketball and the NBA are. There's no guarantee the NBA is going to pass this deal. The NBA Players Association, uh, they're notoriously slow moving. So the NCAA is sort of a knee jerk reaction to all the FBI stuff that was going on. Uh, by the way, that's still not over with, kids. They just subpoenaed a bunch of Kansas records. Um, mm. They have a lot of people. And they, they got people dead to right because they have uh, tapes on certain coaches and shoe company people. The NCAA has no subpoena power. All right, They can't subpoena documents. The NCAA can ask their coaches, hey, I want your phone records, your bank records, and all that, and you don't have to give it to them, but you also sign an agreement with your school and the NCAA that you'll provide records so they can strong-arm you into giving those records lest you get out of the NCAA like our friend uh, Andre did at Louisville. The government, they absolutely can subpoena stuff. So there's a new rule in here that the NCAA can use information obtained through a government investigation. Uh, that rule slipped through that not a lot of people saw. That's pretty significant. But the bottom line is, as these people, Jamie, as this investigation moves forward to the collusion, the bribery, and all the stuff uh, from Kansas to Oklahoma to Auburn uh, to UCLA, USC, there's a lot of assistant coaches on the hook. And when they start looking at hard prison time, uh, they're going to start rolling. And the question is, is how much does the current administration, because whatever administration is in the Oval Office uh, controls a lot of the Justice Department, that's just fact, how much do they really want to pursue this? Because if they want to pursue it, you could take down some pretty big fish if they so choose. You're listening to Sports Talk 97.7, Terry Walter, Jamie Fox. Strong opinions. Maybe right, maybe wrong, but usually pretty entertaining. This segment brought to you by our friends. At Spawnabelle, pair for the special people in your life, folks. Hook them up with a Spawnabelle gift certificate. 318-807-1060. Spawnabelle, Monroe, back in a minute. Welcome back in. Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Walter, Jamie Foxx closing out a very uh, interesting week uh, in the world of sports. Uh, getting a little bit closer to uh, kicking off college football. Speaking of kicking off, Jamie, uh, LSU lost another player. You familiar with that one? I am, and it, it doesn't sound good. Uh, Tyler Taylor, I believe, is the last name from Buford, Georgia, Lanier High School. Uh, and this is what's crazy, Terry. This this incident may have a uh, – in fact, a good friend of mine shot me a picture of the uh, – uh, that you know as well, the pawn shop that was supposedly involved. Uh, apparently, this thing was – uh, back on May 31st is when um, I think it even he was came arrested. to light. Yeah. yeah, he was arrested, but I think it actually happened in January of this year. And the arrest went down in May, and LSU just supposedly found out about it two or three days ago. And there's three felony counts involved here. I don't know how this plays out i mean obviously he's suspended ingram is already suspended i think on a good day uh lsu 
was going to have a questionable season just due to the the talent that was left. Although everybody keeps saying Joe Burrow's a you know a miracle man, well he is good, and they are going to be okay. But it's not going to be a nine, ten, eleven, twelve win season. It's just not going to happen. And of course, I'll be glad to eat that crow. But you have stuff like this going on, and the coaches don't know about it. The university doesn't even know about it. From, from it can happen, Jamie. It, it, can, it happen. can happen. It can happen because okay. I mean you don't know what they do. That's the crazy time when you lose contact with them, uh, with and them being the, your players. You just don't know. Now he's not been formally charged by Forsyth County by the DA yet. Uh, the details of the arrest, though, the re- police report uh, contained cell phone records, which indicated that his phone cell phone was pinged at the pawn shop the morning of the burglary. Now, does that mean he was there? Uh, no, it means his phone was there. So we'll see. Uh, they said another person that was arrested for the burglary told a police officer that Taylor was involved. They have surveillance of the video. Uh, they've got him. He didn't get out of the vehicle. He didn't assist in breaking in, but he did drive all the parties to the location and drove all parties away from it. So he, he was sort of the getaway driver. Uh, he wisely chose not to speak to law enforcement and to get legal representation. Good, uh, good thing there. The motor vehicle's records show that it was Taylor's mom that owns the vehicle. A 2016 Ford F-150. Uh, here's sort of the bad thing. Um, two of the guys that were charged in the burglary, it was January 8th, by the way, uh, are accused of breaking into the same pawn shop on Christmas Day. Uh, Jordan Moore, which is one of the guys that were charged, denied participating in the heist, but the police searched his cell phone. They found so- photos of the stolen guns, and he made a video of himself talking about how, quote, law enforcement will never be able to catch them, unquote. Yeah, you sort of, yeah, that's not good. So uh, it looks like uh, Mr. Taylor will not be available for the Bengal Tigers. Well, and he's he's, uh, probably, he had fallen a little bit behind Jacob Phillips on that depth chart, but not far. Uh, played as a true freshman, uh, had a number of tackles. Is a you know very serviceable you know depth wise. Takes a hit with Ingram being out at the offensive line. Throw in the fact that Clapp and Weathersby aren't coming back for those senior years. Oh, I mean, look, it's depth, Terry. It's depth in the SEC, and LSU just took a big hit on both sides of the ball. Yeah, they've they've, they've not had really good news coming out. Uh, of LSU here in the last week or so. And, you know, you got the, uh, right off the bat, you have uh, a very good Miami team at Jerry World. Well, uh, which I got, think is what, the yeah. second day of second day of September? Uh, yeah, it is. And uh, Ingram's a starter and Taylor's uh, right behind on uh, second team. So there's, there's your depth right there. So, yeah, you're going to have to try to pro- – and then Baskerville, the, the tight end, uh, the uh, linebacker out of Evangel, or Calvary, uh, he's got a, he just had surgery on his foot. So he's going to have to play as a true freshman, but he won't be available probably for Miami unless he's a super quick healer. So it's, it's not good. And I don't know, you know, here again, I don't know you can't put all this on Ed Orgeron. I mean, hey, you know, who knows, but – Kid robs a, you know, involved in a robbery, 
Uh, allegedly, Jamie. Allegedly. 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 He's not been formally charged yet. It's very important. And I tell people, hey, we have a judicial process that we have to go through. And at such time, is it always right? No, it's still the best one in the world. But there is a process, and pending uh, the outcome of that investigation, uh, he's been suspended from uh, from the football team. Well, and I don't know what Ingram's transgressions were. Uh, I think that may be more university-related, university, university related and, and that's not good. I mean, he's a, a – I think he played a lot as a true freshman out of Houston, I think, out of Texas, but maybe – Dallas. anyway, doesn't make any difference. He's a really good player, and both of these guys are, and big contributors, and gosh, that's what I'm saying. You know, if you, don't, if you live in a glass house, you better not throw stones because the, the next one up could be your own team. That's uh, got these well, things going on, so it's. Well, let's end this on I, I, a good note. Okay. Let, let's let's end the week and the show on a good note, uh, since it's getting close to lunchtime. Uh, if you go to an Arizona Cardinals football game this year, you can get a burger called a Gridiron Burger. It weighs seven pounds, and has an estimated calorie count of eight thousand three hundred calories. It'll set you back a mere $75, the Gridiron Burger uh, in Arizona. And the Saints host, actually, Arizona in the preseason, but they don't get the opportunity to go to uh, Arizona. But, however, if you want to try to prepare this beast at your house, there's 11 ingredients of the Gridiron Burger. So you guys get a pen and paper. Five ground meat patties, one-third pound each. Five all beef hot dogs, five bratwursts, and if that, that that trifecta doesn't stop your heart, there's 20 slices of American cheese, eight slices of bacon, eight chicken tenders, 12 ounces of fries, lettuce, tomatoes, and pickles, and some kind of sauce. And if you finish the burger within an hour, you will receive a Cardinals jersey and have your picture taken upon and placed upon the jumbotron, Jamie. I'm sort of, I'm sort of digging that. You could probably have a death shroud because the defibrillator, I think, should come with that uh, murder. Well, I think they give you the jersey because there's a good chance you'll be have to be buried in it. Um, that is a, that is a cardiologist delight, is it not? Um, however, uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to recommend someone that I think is right up to the challenge. And it's our uh, none other than our esteemed producer, John Tabor. So if you want to take the John Tabor challenge and take on that $75 monstrosity, and I think John can probably finish it under the time limit, um, there's a good chance. People don't understand this. John trains for this kind of stuff. This is These are things that he is uh, can handle very, very adeptly. Uh you throw down a challenge like that to him, there's a darn good chance he's going to take you up on it, particularly when there's money involved. So, how, how did the New Orleans not come up with this, Jamie? That's what I'm upset with. Well, how the New Orleans had... Saints or the Dallas Cowboys not come. You know, bigger is better in Texas. In the Saints with a food connection in New Orleans. Come on, man. Come on. You guys are missing it. Arizona, of all people, come on. Well, New Orleans is coming up with one. It's just going to involve liquor. Uh, they'll come up with some kind of Houdini something that'll just you know, and a seventy-five dollar hurricane. That's right. And if you <laughs> if you know if 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 Breeze gets hurt the first game, everybody's going to want one. 
Um, that's that's what the Saints will come up with something where you know you're you're basically blitzed by kickoff. Um, that'll probably be the case there. Dallas, I don't know. They would probably have something to do with, like you said, bigger and better in Texas. I I'm sure they'll have something to do with with beef in some some form or fashion. Um, I don't know. I, I you know, if you're one one thing we can count on, uh, one of the prizes will hey you get a date with one of the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. You can, and nowadays that's pretty much a that's not going to happen, um, or the Saint Stations, which is which is which is rather sad. But hey, it's um, what did do you get uh, Terry? Before we leave, real quick, did you get an idea what was the uh, viewership? Do we know last night on the on the uh, pregames or uh, preseason no, I, games? I have no, no idea. idea I, I, you know, I don't. I'd be you know, I don't like know that stuff. No, not the preseason. I, I, know, well, I, I watch the first I don't. Half. I don't watch that. Yeah, I don't watch that stuff. At any rate, uh, we are out of topics for this week. I do have a really good one Monday. We're going to get into, but uh, you guys have a great weekend. Thanks to our sponsors, as always, Washtenaw Valley Federal Credit Union, our friends at Vantage. Jimmy Cooley reminded you to support a worthwhile cause. We did a special Olympics spot available. Our title, uh, Mr. Bobby Manning, and our title spot.